keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. On this Tuesday, November the 22nd, on the memorial of St. Cecilia. You know what you ought to do today? Go to Formed and listen to the audio drama on St. Cecilia. You're welcome. I'm not even going to charge you for that advice. I ought to because it's that good. But nonetheless, you're welcome. Go to Formed today and listen to the uh, audio drama on St. Cecilia. It is fantastic. But coming up at 15 past the hour, we are going to be recapping the fall USCCB meeting with Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth. Uh, what do we make of Bergoglio taking over as president or Lori as vice president? Uh, what about uh, Archbishop Bergoglio's uh, background working for Sedano? He was questioned about that by the pillar. We're going to be talking with Jim Havens at 15 past. Do join us if you can. Of course, uh, we've been reading in the headlines about the fall of FTX. What does this mean? Hmm. Is the fall of FTX really the rise of CBDCs? And how will that affect uh, Catholics in the future? We're going to ask that question to Eric Sammons coming up at uh, 35 past the hour. Brent Haynes is going to be our guest, top of the next hour. CEO of uh, Disney got fired, and they brought in the uh, the last guy to come back and fix things. Their stocks have plunged by more than 40%. It's kind of a big deal. Is, uh, get, is it the old get woke, go broke thing? Is that what's going on there? We're going to find out with Brent Haynes in the next hour. Of course, uh, lots of stories in the news. Of course, the head of Israel's military intelligence says Iran is close, almost 90% though there, to enriching uranium. So nothing to see here. Move along, move along. Hey, U.S. drivers can expect to pay more on average for fuel this uh, Thanksgiving holiday, of course. It's still, even though prices have come down, it's still 24 and a half cents higher than it was a year ago. So enjoy that. CBS has come out with breaking news stories. Apparently, the Hunter Biden laptop thing is actually true. Two and a half years after everybody else knew that. 36 pro-life countries have taken to uh, a stand against the United Nations and President Joe Biden for their pressure, often using financial incentives to get abortion legalized in those countries and to uh, pr- provide abortifacients. So uh, hats off to those 36 pro-life countries. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. It's good to be here. Every day we stray further and further mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. the beginning of the month. We are so close <laughs> yeah. oh, to Thanksgiving. I thought you can say the truth. Oh, the other no, thing. You're saying. Yeah, well, yeah, that saying. too. Okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. here we are. Uh, we, we are, what is it today? Let's see here. Uh it's almost Thanksgiving. Can you imagine? We got, uh, got about two days left. Yeah. Uh, two days left to Thanksgiving. Thanks be to God. Amazing. I'm Praise looking forward God. to the turkey. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. sorry. Rub it in. Uh, never ahead. mind. Never mind. Sorry. Pies. <clears throat> Go ahead and say it's fine. <clears throat> cookies. Uh, <clears throat> yeah. Cornbread. Whoops. It's all right. Did you I mention? Go cookies? ahead. Enjoy yourself. Funny man. <laughs> okay. Have a good time. Pal. I thought you were almost done with your carnivore <sighs> diet. I, I I went three months. I got to go six. What? Yeah. I got three more months. Wow. Three more months of meat. Three, three more months for meat. bad for bad behavior. <laughs> meat. <laughs> Just meat. Or it's it's good. It's tasty, you know. 
Uh, but uh, it's definitely not mashed taters, okay? Mm. It's definitely not that. Speaking of which, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? It is good to be here. You now, know? you're going to join me in solidarity by not eating mashed potatoes this Thanksgiving, right? Um, yeah, so, you know, <laughs> at the, uh, the weather outside has been really, it's been really, it's been raining quite a bit recently. It's been you know? frightful, it's been, some would say. Can we, can we? Can we focus a bit here? Corn, uh, you're, oh, you're giving up cornbread as well, ooh. right? Like no. I, I tell mm, you what, Joe. No I will not have a single mm-hmm. green bean. Not a single one. <laughs> not even a little. Um, I wouldn't even smell one. I wouldn't mm. even smell it. But you know, my mom, she made a uh, chicken fried chicken yesterday. Chicken fried chicken. She made fried chicken, and it was mm. like, like KFC. You got nothing on this. <laughs> so good, so good. Wow. And thank you guys for your prayers yesterday. Because guess what? What? My brother did not snore last night. Praise oh, me. It wow. was amazing. Praise me. Now, where was your pillow at the time he was not snoring? It was over his face. Oh, no, okay. I, was, I was wondering. <laughs> joking. I was wondering. I was wondering. All right. Well, at any rate, we have lots to give a thank. Uh, thanks to God for. And one of those things is our good friend of the program, Jesus Robles, has been promoted to sergeant. He made. He passed. He went from... 156 on the list, up to 17. Wow. So he uh, he crushed his his assessments. Praise now, what happened to Paula Chicho? Paula Chicho may or may not be getting a promotion. We're going to have to get some insider scoop on that story. But nonetheless, let's pray. Let's get started. We have a lot to talk about today. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Tuesday, November 22nd, and here are your headlines this morning. Reuters reports Qatar sells 27-year LNG deal with China as competition heats up. Qatar Energy has signed a 27-year deal to supply China's Sinopec with liquefied natural gas in the longest such LNG agreement to date, as volatility drives buyers to seek long-term supplies. Since Russia's invasion of Ukraine in February, competition for gas uh, has become intense, with Europe in particular needing vast amounts to help reduce Russian pipeline gas that has been used to make up for almost 40% of the continent's imports. LifeSite News reports pro-life doctors file a lawsuit to take dangerous abortion pills off the market. A coalition of pro-life doctors and medical groups filed a lawsuit on Friday hoping to revoke the U.S. Food and Drug Administration's approval of the chemical abortion drugs Mifespritone and Misoprostol. Filed in the U.S. District Court for the Northern District of Texas, the suit by the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine and the American Association for Pro-Life Obstetricians and Gynecologists, the American College Pediatricians, the Christian Medical and Dental Associations, the physicians Sean Jester, Regina Frost-Clark, Tyler Johnson, and George Delgado argues that the FDA's 2000 approval of chemical abortions fraudulently characterized pregnancy as an illness for which chemical abortions was a therapeutic while neglecting to study their own actual harms. The Epic Times reports, Germany to offer Poland Patriot system after stray missile crash. Germany has offered Warsaw the Patriot missile defense system to help it secure its airspace after a stray missile crashed into Poland last week. 
ground-based air defense systems such as Raytheon's Patriot are built to intercept incoming missiles. And Ground News reports, Europe rushes to fill up on Russian diesel before ban begins. European traders are rushing to fill tanks in the region with Russian diesel before an EU ban begins in February, as alternative sources remain limited. And those were your headline news this morning. I love you. The saint of the day is Saint Edmund. Edmund was the son of a king of East Anglia, one of the early small kingdoms that composed primitive England. He was born around 840 at a time when Christianity had already spread in various regions of England. His father, a man of great piety, abdicated his throne to his son when Edmund reached the age of 15. He then traveled to Rome and retired in a monastery to dedicate his last years to meditation and prayer. Edmund showed himself a model ruler and Catholic from the first. In addition to being just and good, he was also a man of extraordinary energy. He realized the danger the Scandinavians represented to his country and prepared it militarily for possible war. He was not mistaken in his prevision. The Danish soon attacked the English dominions and particularly his kingdom. In the first attack in 870, he bravely, bravely repulsed two Danish chiefs. They so returned, however, joined by other aggressors and overtook St. Edmund by their great numbers. He was taken prisoner, loaded down with chains, and brought before the Danish chieftain, Hingur and Hoxen. The Danish chief made various proposals of peace to St. Edmund, but since they went against the Catholic religion and interest of his subjects, he would not accept the terms. He was cruelly tortured and finally decapitated on November 20th in 870. After a glorious defense and initial triumph, St. Edmund was defeated and taken prisoner. He was obliged to negotiate with the victors, who demanded that they relinquish important advantages for his kingdom. He refused to do so, since such terms would favor the reestablishment of paganism in his lands. He resisted and died. You see St. Edmund's high understanding of his public mission, his keen consciousness of his role and obligations as king, in both the religious and temporal spheres. You can see the thinking of St. Edmund in his time. To install a pagan dynasty in his kingdom would represent the paganization of the state and its people. Thus, it could cause the apostasy of his people and the loss of their souls. He understood perfectly the link between politics and religion. Because of this, he did not accept the proposals of the Vikings. For this, he was martyred. We don't have high positions and titles, but we have a vocation to defend the Catholic Church from the enemies within, which is a high vocation. Often a high vocation is more than a high position. Let us pray to St. Edmund to give us statesmen and churchmen who have this spirit of dedication to the true cause. Let us also ask him to give us the determination to be faithful until death to our vocation. St. Edmund, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke 21, 5 through 11. While some people were speaking about how the temple was adorned with costly stones and votive offerings, Jesus said, all that you see here, the days will come when there will not be left a stone upon another stone that will not be thrown down. Then they asked him, teacher, when will this happen? And what sign will there be when all these things are about to happen? He answered, See that you are not deceived, for many will come in my name, saying, I am he, and the time has come. Do not follow them. 
When you hear of wars and insurrections, do not be terrified, for such things must happen first, but it will not immediately be the end. Then he said to them, Nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. There will be powerful earthquakes, famines, and plagues from place to place. And awesome sights and mighty signs will come from the sky. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Cyril of Alexandria said, For the only begotten Son of God, when he came to save the world, wished to be in secret that he might bear the cross for us. But his second coming shall not be in secret, but terrible and open. For he shall descend in the glory of God the Father with the angels attending him to judge the world in righteousness. Close quote to St. Cyril. Pray for us. St. Gregory the Great had a lot to say on the gospel today. Uh, St. Gregory says, God denounces the woes that shall forerun the destruction of the world, that so they may the less disturb when they come, as having been foreknown. For darts strike the less which are foreseen. And so he says, But when ye shall hear of wars and commotions, etc. Wars refer to the enemy, commotions to citizens. To show us then that we shall be troubled from within and without, he asserts that one, we suffer from the enemy, the other from our own brethren. He goes on to say, but that the end will not immediately follow these evils which come first. It is added, these things must first come to pass, but the end is not yet. For the last tribulation is preceded by many tribulations, because many evils must come first, that they may await that evil which has no end. For it must needs be that we should suffer some things from heaven, some from earth, some from the elements, and some from men. Gregory would also say, by patience, then, we possess our souls, because when we are said to, to govern ourselves, we begin to possess that very thing which we are. But for this reason, the possession of the soul is laid in the virtue of patience, because patience is the root and guardian of all virtues. Now patience is to endure calmly the evils which are inflicted by others, and also to have no feeling of indignation against him who inflicts them. Close quote. St. Gregory the Great, pray for us. Don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. In fact, what's coming up is uh, Jim Havens from A Simple Truth and a recap of the fall USCCB meeting. All that and more is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Atheists claim they don't need God to be a good person, implying God's not relevant to morality. But is this true? Well, Atheists can be good in the sense of knowing behaviors that respect the goods of human nature and living accordingly. St. Paul acknowledges this natural moral law in Romans chapter 2. But this doesn't mean God is irrelevant when it comes to morality. And here's the reason. Besides God's grace being necessary to live the moral law perfectly and merit heaven, God is necessary for the law to be morally binding. How can the moral law be binding if there's no moral law giver behind it that surpasses human authority? The answer is, it can't. So, an atheist can follow the natural moral law, but only the theist is consistent in saying that such a law is morally obligatory. 
I'm Corlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. So many of us carry such heavy burdens. You're crazy! Deep within, we struggle. Come on, babe. It'll be fun. Because sin separates us from God. She's in a relationship with George. But thanks to the grace of confession, God compassionately listens, forgives, and sets us free. So if it's been a while since you've been to confession or mass, come home and experience a fresh start. Visit CatholicsComeHome.org. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Hey, FTX has fallen. Is uh, CBDCs on the rise? Eric Sammons from Crisis Magazine will be on with us at 35 past the hour to talk about the implications I mean, uh, $50 billion, I think, was lost. Will they ever get it back? Probably not. But really, it's the CBDCs we have to look out for most, and we're going to be discussing that. So do join us at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, though, is the host of The Simple Truth, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross, Monday through Friday, Jim Havens. Good morning to you, Jim. Good morning, Joe. How are you today? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that counts. How are you? Doing great. Yeah, now, thanks be to God. Now, last week, you were you had a front seat at the USCCB's fall meeting. Uh, first of all, it was uh, the Men's March, which you are a co-founder of. Tell us about that. How did the Men's March go there? Men's March was good. Yeah, Men's March, National Men's March to Abolish Abortion Rally for Personhood. And um, went well. You know, what we're trying to do is simply give the opportunity uh, for those to come and join us in a movement that would say, look, we got to end this daily ongoing mass murder of the preborn, this exploitation of pregnant moms in need by the thousands every day. And if you're for that, if you're for uh, calling for personhood now from conception fertilization, which we all ought to be on board for, then let's get together and do it. So we gave that opportunity in Baltimore um, to the bishops to come join us in this, to face reality, take responsibility, repent, make a new resolve to do more. We had two bishops come out and join us at, um, at the time when we were praying the Holy Rosary. So they prayed a little bit of the Rosary with us, gave us a few remarks. Bishop Strickland of Tyler, Texas, Bishop Joseph Coffey of the Military Archdiocese, Auxiliary Bishop there. And so, um, so it's good to have a little bit of a presence from the bishops, um, but obviously we, we would love to have some more. And so by God's grace, hopefully we'll be back in, in Baltimore giving that opportunity once again next year and giving those men an opportunity to be men with us to stand up and uh, as lay people we got to continue to call them on in uh, true charity yeah yeah amen to that you also had an opportunity to be present uh in front of the bishops at their meeting ask questions too how did that go yeah it was good i had uh, media credentials uh for, through the station of the cross catholic media network went and uh, my first time being inside the meeting. Um, I, I went to the convocation of bishops in 2000, 2017, which was very eye-opening to me. Uh, this was also uh, very revealing in many ways. You know, some you know want to say that um, that to criticize the bishops in any way or to call them on in charity in any way that it, that it can't really be done. That it's uh, bishop bashing. People will want to say, well, it isn't. You know, we've got to be honest about what we're really looking at and. When we look at what went on inside that meeting, we've got to be honest about some things. We can't just say, joy, joy, everything is wonderful. There, there's no problems here. There are some very 
big problems that we really have to look at. And, um, and so we got to look those things square in the eye. And uh, one thing I'll just mention, the general scope of things that I think um, it, it kind of sets a, an understanding of, um, of, of a lot of what was going on there that I saw that was very disappointing is that they give out an award. The USCCB gives out an award named after Cardinal Bernadine, um, the CCHD. We know all the problems with that originating with Saul Alinsky. There's problems that continue today that go uncorrected. But they name an award after him, and, uh, and they give it out, acting like this is some wonderful thing. And he's the one that came up with the seamless garment, the consistent life ethic, which can be understood in a proper way if we understand things in right order and understand that the daily mass murder of innocent human beings is far more important than any other issue, as important as all the issues that affect human dignity are, then it can be a good thing. But oftentimes this has been distorted. It has been used to water down what is going on with the mass murder of the preborn, make it just one issue among many, and to give false cover for people to vote for pro-abortion Democrats. So it's been a, a massive problem. And that was the sense throughout the entire USCCB. No sense of understanding a, a, a right order between the issues. They kind of act like they're all really the same. In fact, they minimize abortion so much, they would act like it's far less than all the other issues, sadly. Hmm. Mr. Havens, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, as you were there, you, you probably saw that there was a regime change. You know, there's a new president coming in, Archbishop Gomez stepping down. Do you think that uh, these are just growing pains or do you think that it's going to be more of the same, um, you know, in the next couple of years? Uh, another thing that uh, that uh, became apparent from these meetings was that the uh, the voting guide was postponed until after the 2024 election. Do you think that um, maybe maybe things are going to change a little bit? I mean, um, uh, Father Broglio, he's uh, supposed to be pretty solid in pro-life. What do you think? Yeah, all, all by God's grace, um, we've got to pray pray for these men, pray for these guys that are coming in. It did seem um, by way of how the votes went down that even though there's a vocal uh, minority that really seems to control things within the USCCB when you really watch what goes on at the meetings, and you know a lot of the video is out there, everything that I could see publicly inside the meeting is available for people to watch. Um, it, it was all videoed, so you can take a look at it, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. And, and so um, th that vocal minority that is really off track, they seem to control things, almost seem to have like a bullying influence on the others, the others that seem wow. to be afraid to stand up to them hmm. and to say what's what and, and to really just proclaim the truth boldly. They seem to be, you know, just very weak in that regard. So that's the tone. It's really this vocal minority. Um, but the votes, when you look at the votes that are cast by um, secret ballots, so and nobody knows who anybody votes for, but you see the results of the votes seem to always be going in the direction of the guy who would be be more faithful uh, of those that would be up um, mm. up uh, up for the vote. At least when it came down to the final two, it would often go that direction. And so, look, I think the the good, sincere bishops who are striving to be faithful and might just be rather weak. Um, I hate to say it, rather cowardly. Again, though, we got to pray for them. Um, I think they've got the numbers if only they would stand up. And so, again, our, our position as lay people is we've got to pray for them. We've got to try to strengthen them, encourage them and, and do all that we can we can to let them know that we've got their back and we want them to stand up and be faithful. Um, and that inspires us. And um, and when you look at yeah, the putting off the, the vote, I guess you could say what, what really mm -hmm. happened with the result of that um, forming consciences for faithful citizenship document and how that all went down. 
they said, look, we don't have enough time to put a new document in. There's a lot of things at play here, but they said uh, immediately following the 2024 election, we're going to put an entirely new document together. We'll have time for that and we'll get it done by 2028. Um, so there's a lot that's at play and what's going to happen with all of that. But it's going to be the same document for 2024. It's going to say abortion is preeminent. But then they've got, you know, various language within the document that does allow people to water it down mm -hmm. as they see fit and to give false cover for voting for these pro-abortion Democrats. It is nowhere near strong enough a document. They'll have a new introduction to it, some new bulletin inserts and things like that. But really, they've got to come out and they ought to be proclaiming, look, we need personhood now. It's a scientific fact. These children are children from conception fertilization. We're murdering innocent people by the thousands every single day in this country. Do not vote for this. Do not vote for those who advocate for it. I don't know why it's that hard for them to say that. Yeah, I was also astounded at their silence, at their particular silence on the marriage issue when last week uh, many Republicans uh, abandoned ship on the traditional marriage issue and voted to enact gay marriage in our, as law in our, land, in our land. I thought that was uh, deeply troubling. If you can't support traditional marriage between a man and a woman, then how are you ever truly going to support a pro-life community? They are, they are inseparable. Uh, what do you think, though? I mean, uh, 2018 was the summer that broke uh, a lot of people spiritually uh, with all of the scandal, the McCarrick scandal. And yet uh, Archbishop Timothy Broglio, Archdiocese of Military Services, served under Cardinal Sodano, who helped to cover up a lot of the sex abuse uh, and had a, a, a relation to Theodore McCarrick as well as Maciel in Mexico. So did also, by the way, Bishop Barry uh, uh, Nestout, who was elected chairman of the Conference of Committee on Child and Youth Protection. He served under McCarrick directly. Uh, what do you make of these elections? Do you see them as strong? Do you see them as a more of the same? Uh, in, in particular to Broglio, I would love to get your thoughts. Again, we got to pray for him. I, I think that he's going to be under a lot of pressure coming in to stick to the status quo, maybe make a little bit of a difference here and there. Um, but we really need bold, strong, faithful, confident leaders to step in there and to shake it up for our Lord Jesus Christ. This is his conference. This is his church. And he ought to take charge. Now, one of the things that I noticed in interviewing uh, Bishop Coffey, who gave me a great interview, Bishop Strickland gave me a great interview as well, and uh, Bishop Coffey mentioned that, um, you know, this is how the speakers are decided within the USCCB. Ultimately, it's the decision of the head of the USCCB. And so that to me is uh, uh, something that practically is something to, to look at and say, OK, how can we get a pro-life vote to actually speak to this conference? There were all kinds of speeches about many different issues, important things again, but they all pale in comparison to the daily mass murder that's going on. There is not a pro-life vote voice, I'm sorry, that speaks to the body of bishops about the reality of what's going on. That voice does not exist currently, at least within these last meetings. So um, so I would hope that uh, this new leader would have a pro-life vote in there advocating for the poorest of the poor and helping mm -hmm. to, to prick the consciences of these bishops. That would be a good move. They And all these questions that you bring up about abuse and their association with various cover-ups and things like that. What did they know? When did they know it? All of that. Those are all fair questions that ought to be asked and they ought to answer. And if I can say one thing about what you mentioned about marriage and uh, the so-called um, same-sex marriage push that is going on politically in both parties, 
within uh, w- within the U.S. I think oftentimes these bishops, from what I'm noticing, they're taking their cues from the Vatican. What did we see right before the USCCB meeting? It was Father James Martin meeting with uh, Pope Francis, and for a 15-minute meeting, I think, or maybe longer, I don't recall, but um, but that's a sign to these bishops. They don't release what's said, but just the very nature of him continuing to receive Father Martin, who is really the, the ringleader of, um, of trying to advocate for this whole so-called LGBTQ push within the church, um, which is a, a, dis, a disordered way of looking at the identity of people and saying this is their very identity. And, it's, and it is working mm-hmm. because now the USCCB, I notice they're using that language. They're saying LGBTQ to even use that language right. is wrong. And this yeah. is something that Father Martin has, has pushed as his number one thing to get them to use that language. And it's working. And so we've seen that. We also saw it with Pope Francis meeting with Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, and then the bishops um, back down and enforcing Canon 915 as a body or even discussing it. So major problems going on. And again, that's another thing that is part of the tone of the USCCB. No criticism at all of anything going wrong at the Vatican with Pope Francis doing anything wrong. Everybody acts like he is perfect and he is everything he does is 100 percent on the mark. No sense of any um, critical eye, which is just being honest. And so it's very sad to see that. But again, we've got to encourage our bishops uh, to stand up even among one another and to witness to the truth in authentic love. We're down to the wire here. You have just maybe 20 seconds left. What do you think of, oh, actually, where that music means we're out of time. We're going to have to have you back. I'd like to get your follow-up on Bishop Burbage as the pro-life chair, but we are out of time. Uh, Thank you, Jim Havens, for joining us, host of A Simple Truth, The Simple Truth, 4 p.m. Eastern, across the Station of the Cross, Monday through Friday. Jim, God bless you. God love you. Happy Thanksgiving to you. God bless you, Joe. Happy Thanksgiving. All right, right after the break, we have more breaking news and stories. Then Eric Sammons joins us from Crisis Magazine. Don't go anywhere. Be right back. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever noticed that most people think that rules apply to others but not to themselves? They always consider themselves to be the exception. But what ends up happening is that everybody is an exception, and so the rules don't apply to anybody. The result is something worse than chaos. It's a loss of all the categories of respect and justice. G.K. Chesterton says that when the exception has become the rule, that is the worst of all possible tyrannies. When the Cardinal, formerly known as Ratzinger, gave his final homily before the papal conclave, he said, we are living under the tyranny of relativism. What is relativism? It's when there are no rules only exceptions. The man about to become Pope was echoing Chesterton exactly. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we're about two hours and ten minutes from landing. Plenty of time for you to pray for vocations to the priesthood. Wouldn't it be great if everyone prayed daily for priestly vocations? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now, here's a couple more headlines for you. Sky News reports, delivery driver forced at gunpoint 
to take suspicious device to police station in Londonderry, formerly known as Derry. A group of armed men placed the object in the man's car in Curry-Nyron in Ireland, Londonderry, and forced him to complete a 10-minute journey before abandoning the Grey Ford Mondeo outside of the Waterside Police Station. The driver was able to raise the alarm and the police service of Northern Ireland said a public safety operation was immediately enforced. Intermittent violence has plagued Northern Ireland since the Good Friday Agreement was signed in 1998, including the murder of Lyrek McKee during a riot in Derry in 2019. Breitbart reports, FTX boss and Democrat super donor Sam Bankman, Sam Bankman Fried, cashed out $300 million during funding spree. The Wall Street Journal reports that during a funding round that raised $420 million for the cryptocurrency exchange FTX, almost three-quarters of the money went directly to the founder and Democrat super donor Sam Bankman-Fried. Now Bankman-Fried's business dealings are under scrutiny as part of the bankruptcy of FTX and his investment firm Alameda Research. FTX, which allegedly lent customer funds to Alameda, is now facing a funding gap of approximately $8 billion according to FTX's new CEO, John Ray. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. Very grateful to you. Uh, FTX, you mentioned that a second ago. Yeah. Kind of a big deal, I guess. Uh, some $50 billion worth of people's money. Mm-hmm. Uh, poof. See you later. Goodbye. $50 billion. And this has been the trend, too. I mean, you're looking at cryptos like uh, like Bitcoin completely mm-hmm. crashed. It was at a peak of $68,000 per share, and now it's closer 16, to 20000 Yeah, not so, even twenty. Yeah. yeah. Very, very interesting. I, I looked at crypto uh, once very briefly, and I thought, mm, yeah, no thanks. Passing, passing this, and uh, <laughs> boy, I'm glad I didn't put much into that. Yeah. Uh, but I know somebody who has, very invested, and probably has a different opinion on all this. Eric Sammons joins us, editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine. Good morning to you, Eric. Good morning, Joe. How are you? Praise be to God, I am alive, and that counts. How are you? Very good. I- I'm doing great. Now you wrote a book in 2015 on crypto, so you do have uh, you have an invested, to use the pun, you have an invested opinion on all of this. What is your take on the FTX crash? Well, I think honestly, I think the, whenever anybody in the cryptocurrency industry tries to act like the regular uh, banking and finance industry, usually things go poorly. It's the the whole problem is is that FTX. I mean, honestly, FTX kind of has the same motto as the Federal Reserve, in my opinion. <laughs> it created money out of nothing. I mean, that that's the key a lot of people don't, don't understand is that, and a lot of crypto companies do this, and it's awful, is they, they create their own tokens, their own cryptocurrency, and theirs was FTT, I think it was called. And that's how they raise money because everybody says, hey, let's get in on this. And so basically, they're, they're creating money out of nothing. And so then they're lev- highly leveraged. They loan out tons of this token this ftt token and billions and billions of dollars are worth well then all of a sudden if everybody decides hey i'm not quite sure i believe in this uh token anymore i want to cash mine out well if enough people do that you have a a classic bank run it's the same thing that would happen uh in in the regular banking world if everybody went to the bank say i want my money for people who know that the bank doesn't actually have your money in their in their uh safe or anything like that and so that's what happened here the money just didn't exist and so it, it went under. It was, it was amazing how quickly it happened mm. because FTX is, I think, the second or third biggest exchange in the world. And the largest exchange, Binance, 
the guy who runs that, he basically tweeted something that questioned their FTX's <laughs> stability, and that caused the bank run, and it was yeah. over. Yeah. And so ultimately, the whole thing was a Ponzi scheme. It was just a matter of Sam Bankman-Fried. He he was he created these tokens out of nothing. Uh, he loaned them out, and once everybody said, no, we don't think this is worth anything, it wasn't worth anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I found it very fascinating because he had formed a uh, financial investment firm and recruited all of his buddies from MIT, apparently very notorious for some immoral sexual practices amongst uh, the members that uh, ran that company. And then he he created the FTX uh, exchange and he was using illegally his customers' money without their permission to transfer it back to his investment firm to trade on that. And losing it and covering that up as well. And uh, then, of course, we all know now uh, he was the second largest donor to the Biden administration's uh, uh, run for presidency in 2020, second only to Bloomberg. But apparently he also, under one of his other executives, gave $23 million to Republican campaigns, too, seemingly playing both sides, hedging his bets. And a lot of people are wondering today whether or not if, in fact, he's ever able to be taken from the Bahamas back to the United States to be questioned, to be investigated, and or stand trial for, for fraud and, and other criminal activities, whether or not those political uh, favors will come to his aid. Do you see anything in that? Do you think he'll ever stand trial? Do you, will justice be had in this case ever? I mean, he might be Epstein, but I think ultimately, <laughs> I don't think... I don't think justice will really happen because I think what will happen is, is that he's got powerful friends who will look bad if he ends up being everything gets revealed. Because I think, he, as you said, he played both sides of the aisle. I think he was himself a leftist who very much supported most of the leftist sure. causes. But, of course, like a smart businessman, he knows you give to both sides of the aisle in, in Washington to help yourself out. He was a big proponent of of heavy reg- regulation of the crypto world. That's actually why the Binance guy, I think, went after him because mm-hmm. he 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 disagreed with that. And and just a real quick note is that I think that's what's going to happen is they're just going to try to regulate the crypto industry to death. And I don't think regulation is the type of regulation they would do is not going to solve it. I mean, think about uh, for the people who might remember Bernie Madoff. He ran a pyramid scheme for years. He had the SEC looking into him multiple times, saying everything was fine here, and that was a highly regulated industry. Yet he got away with it for years before he finally, you know, went under. So, I, regulation is just a matter of Washington being able to enrich itself, hurting the little guy. And so, I, I think ultimately that that's probably what will happen. Is there'll just be some the regulation will hurt the little guy, and the really high up people, nothing will happen to them. Mm. I think the fall of FTX is the rise of CBDC, something you spoke of in a recent podcast as well, and I've seen a lot of commentary on this subject. And uh, I think I have to agree with you. In your podcast, you said uh, what scares you most is, uh, you know, nuclear war and then the rise of CBDCs. Uh, Explain to us what CBDCs are and why we should be concerned. Okay, first, just to make sure it's clear, cryptocurrency, such as Bitcoin, is decentralized, meaning it's basically just a protocol on the Internet that people can send value to each other without any third party. So I can send Bitcoin to Adrian and he can send it to me and nobody else is involved in it. We can have our own wallets and we're just taken care of. A CBDC takes the technology under 
decentralized cryptocurrencies, the blockchain technology under it. But what it does, instead of having it be something that the whole world, it's open source, the whole world can can run and can can see and can know that it doesn't have any uh, bugs in it, doesn't have any hacks, anything like that, it's run by a central bank, the central bank digital currency. And so what happens is the technology is quite powerful. If you have a single organization running it, they can turn it on and off. It's programmable money, ultimately. So, for example, I decide, hey, I want to go down, uh, down the street and go buy a handgun. Well, maybe Washington, the central bank, doesn't want me to buy a handgun. Maybe I've been flagged because I, for whatever because of something I said on Twitter. Well, then I get there, I try to pay with my CBDC, and it just won't allow it because yeah. you can program it to say, this person can't spend it here. Likewise, I've heard they've even talked about in the most extreme Keynesian economics possible, the idea that you have to spend your money in a certain time period. So, for example, you get your paycheck today and it, it basically it will expire. So if you don't spend it within three months, let's say, wow, then you lose it because the idea is stimulate the economy and things like that. Mm. So you can it hopefully listeners can tell how dangerous that is, because if we think our government controls a lot of things we do now with CBDCs, they literally can control your life because if you can't spend money or if you're controlled where you spend money, I mean, you've lost your, your freedom completely. And it necessarily that uh, would have to include a social credit score. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's what I'm, that's exactly right. Because how are they going to gauge whether or not you're worthy to spend money? Because like I mentioned the buying a handgun, but it could be, you know, gas. Just a, 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 an extreme example recently was, of course, Alex Jones was was taken off of Twitter and Elon Musk just yesterday, I think, said he's not bringing him back. And I, I've honestly never even listened to Alex Jones. I know a lot of people have strong opinions about him. But the point is, is they 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 could mark him and say, OK, you can't you just can't use the CBDC. You can't buy food. You can't buy anything. And obviously, we've known from the past few years if you allow for an extreme example like Alex Jones and it runs down to somebody who just says on Twitter a man can't become a woman and now your social credit score goes under and you can't spend your your CBDC money and so that that's that's the extreme that, that frankly terrifies me because it's it's the perfect orwellian world yeah and we're already seeing the news that the fed is experimenting with a digital currency right now which means it's going to roll out to everyone else what do you think a year i mean I, I always trust in the incompetence of government, so hopefully it'll take longer than that. Because there is some technical, you know, uh, difficulties when doing it. But I, I do think within the next year, we'll definitely see it rolled out in some country on at least a uh, limited basis where they're going to test it out mm. uh, and see how it goes. I'm hoping there's enough resistance to it. And I've, I've, let's well, let's pause very, there. Let's pause there. Sure. We'll we'll pick up the resistance right after the quick break. We're with Eric Sammons, editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine. Why FTX's fall should matter to you and to me, even if you're not into crypto. All of that and more coming up right after the quick break. I've been listening to Guadalupe Radio for a couple years now, and I think it was a bumper sticker I saw on somebody's car one time, and it's a radio station that I don't have to be concerned about or worried about. When the kids and I are driving, I don't have to worry about inappropriate items. It's just the opposite. It's educational. I've learned so many different topics and on different subjects that I couldn't believe being a Catholic and being baptized as a child. There's so many things I didn't know, and now in these past couple years that I've been listening in, I've learned so much. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. If Jesus brought two of the greatest Old Testament saints to meet with three of the greatest New Testament saints at the Mount of Transfiguration, can you say with any assurance that they were not alive, aware, and able to communicate? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, the Bible. Luke 9 says, quote, Two men, Moses and Elijah, appeared in glorious splendor talking with Jesus. Did you catch that? They were talking with Jesus. That means they have cognitive capability. Secondly, heavenly friends. Those in heaven long for your prayer requests. Their intercession far exceeds your best friend's prayers here on earth. Sorry to say that. And thirdly, a pesky comeback. Well, Oral Roberts University has the prayer tower. TBN has a prayer department. Your home church probably has a prayer hotline. Well, guess what? Heaven has an on-demand, pure, unselfish prayer warriors known as the great cloud of witnesses. They're waiting on you. be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Attorney Brent Haynes is going to be our guest at the top of the next hour. We're going to be talking about how uh, Disney's CEO has been fired. They brought back the other guy, the old guy, the guy who just retired and helped to uh, nurture this new guy. So we're going to be talking about what that means. And is it a case of get woke, go broke? We're going to talk to Brent Haynes Please join us at the top of the next hour if you can. Eric Sammons is our guest right now, editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine, talking about the fall of FTX, the rise of CBDCs and why that matters. Eric, welcome back to the program. We left off with resistance and whether or not you think we can resist this. We talked about a timeline of about a year with the Fed experimenting with a digital currency. Uh, In China, they had some resistance but they, they, they have their ways of overcoming that resistance by incentivizing people to use this, picking the winners, cutting the losers. Don't you think we're going to see that here? Is resistance Absolutely. futile? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it's always uh, – I think people long for freedom. And there will be definitely, especially in this country, uh, I think in other cultures, there's a more apt ability to just go along with whatever government kind of tells you to do, to trust them. And I don't think we have that here in America, at least. So I do think there is the possibility of resistance. And I think I, I think this might sound a bit counterintuitive to pe- some people who are listening, but I think one of the best resistances to CBDCs is digitalized cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. Because I think it allows us to have alternative economies. And I think, honestly, Catholics should be working on alternative economies already. And what I mean by that is basically buying and selling things with like-minded people uh, outside of your Amazons, outside of the banks even. So, for example, a lot of places, local communities, they, they trade uh, services, they trade goods. Maybe, for example, you, you grow something in your farm, somebody else maybe has uh, uh uh, cattle and they and, and so you trade things based upon that. I think these are ways that we get outside the system, and I think we should be building those up now, be, so that we have things in place. And I think when it comes to online uh, interactions and things like that, that's where something like cryptocurrency really comes into effect. Something like Bitcoin, because it's not bound, it can't be controlled uh, by the government. And also, I think honestly, I know cryptocurrency. You know, Bitcoin has gone way down. Uh, since it's high about a year or so ago, but it's also gone very up since its beginning. I mean, I've been involved since 2013. Mm. I think when I first started, it was about $800. When I wrote that book in 2015, it was $300. So $16,000 still sounds like a lot to me, uh, even though it's obviously off the high. But if you think about it, your U.S. dollar 
uh, is worth about 87 cents now from what it was worth just two years ago. I mean, wow. it's gone down in great value just from the, the inflation, the great inflation. And it always goes down. It's intended to go down over time, the value. And so it harms savers where something like cryptocurrency and also precious metals, gold, silver, mm-hmm. things like that. They also help reward savers as well. I think those are more solid, hard money that I think we should trust in and try to get out of the, 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 the system, so to speak. Uh, Mr. Sammons, you know, you kind of nailed a, a point earlier before the break, and it was the comparison between the Federal Reserve and these uh, digital currencies that we've been talking about. Uh, FTX, for example, that, that exchange and the coin that they created, uh, it's my understanding that those weren't mined, right? So they, they didn't have any value. Is that correct? That's a great question. Yeah, and for people who don't understand, there's different ways you can create a cryptocurrency, and one of them is called mining. It's proof of work, and the idea is – People actually have to have their computers do things. They have to pay money to get their computer and pay a, de- a good amount of money so for their computers to be able to mine new Bitcoin. So you can't just create Bitcoin out of nothing. You actually have to pay money and energy costs like that to make it happen. Mm-hmm. And there's other ways that you can do that, that you can do mining as well, proof of stake, things like that. But the point is, is that there's some work involved. But something like FTT, which is the the token, I call it a token when it's not mined usually, although people have different definitions, uh, that FTX created, it just was created out of nothing. They just generate, so they could create as many as they wanted to, just like the Federal Reserve basically can create as much money as they, uh, dollars as they want to. And so it it has no worth really because they could just create more. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what people were trading it for. So like I said before, if somebody decides, hey, I don't. I want to trade mine in. A bunch of people say that, then it becomes worthless real quick. And honestly, the same thing can happen to the U.S. dollar. We've seen this happen in many countries in the past, where inflation kicks in and the people decide this is worthless. And all of a sudden, you see those those pictures of people with tons of uh, the current paper currency in their wheelbarrows going to just get a, a loaf of bread. Right. <laughs> to think that can't happen here is just it's ignoring history and what has always happened to fiat currency. Yeah, that's a, a huge concern for me. And this, the whole concern is, I mean, yeah, you're talking about that. I'm thinking people were putting up wallpaper with their money because <laughs> they literally had the, it was worth more as wallpaper than it was as money. But the the thing that concerns me is when you were talking a second ago about the barter system and these kind of uh, other alternatives is that if every if if a large number of people, let's just say millions of people in America hop on to the Bitcoin and start using that as a currency, millions of people is like a drop in a bucket in terms of society. And that if I, if I have a Bitcoin and I'm trying to, or some Bitcoin and try to barter with someone with that, they may not accept it. They may be like, I have no idea how to even process that. And then and whenever it goes to other things, you know, if you have chickens and eggs and people are bartering that way, well, then, yeah, that's easy. I give you five eggs you i give you a loaf of bread so on and so forth but when you're in the business like uh us here or you with a uh, crisis magazine and things like that it's like i give you my digital uh copy of uh of my article and you give me four eggs uh like how does that going to work exactly with the monetary system um the way it is and like how you're saying about the u.s monetary system going to be creating like a u.s digital coin or something like that I think a few things. First of all, I just want to say Crisis Magazine does accept cryptocurrencies for donations. <laughs> <laughs> Go to our website now. <laughs> but but uh, I, I think what happens is I think it grows organically. And I think it's history has shown that the, the strongest money always ends up winning. 
Because what will happen is in, in the CBDC model, that eventually will become so constrictive. Pe- more and more people realize this isn't working. I can't do this because I can't, I can't just go and buy what I want to buy. I'm being told what to buy by the elites. And so they're going to be looking for alternatives. Right now, for example, if I tried to pay somebody in Bitcoin, there's a really good chance they, they don't accept it. They don't know what to do. But I think over time, alternatives just naturally pop up where you say, okay, I need something other than the CBDCs. Because remember, CBDCs, the point of it would be to replace dollars. It would be, re- it would be a new – it would be a replaced paper currency. So when you have a situation where you want to buy something and you can't use your CBDC to buy it because of whatever reason, either you're on a list or the item you're buying is on a list, you're going to find something. You're going to be like, I got to find some some way to do it. And so I think what would happen is certain things would grow. Now, what would be the medium of exchange? That's that's still debatable right now. I personally think Bitcoin is probably it because right now it's the one that is most like gold, which is the 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 longest lasting and most secure money there is. But it's it's easier in our digital world. Mm-hmm. So people, for example, crisis does not accept gold. <laughs> Although, if you want to send it to me, go ahead. Um, <laughs> but we, you know, because how do you process it? Do you mail it? I mean, what do you do? And you yeah. can't divide up as easily. Whereas and you pay Bitcoin, a you can hefty five dollar donation in Bitcoin, and you pay a hefty tax in order to convert that gold or silver or right. whatever into into cash, for instance. Right, exactly. So I think, honestly, I think it would organically grow up. I can't predict what it will look like in five years, but I do think as CBDCs rise and are used more, I do think these alternative economies will grow. And there already exists. I mean, there's a lot of things. I mean, you see them existing already, and I think they'll 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 separate themselves more and more from the fiat system. Like there's Gab Pay, for example, and that's good, and it's a way that you can get around like PayPal's problems, things like that. But ultimately, still use the banks, and the banks are going to be told you have to go to CBDCs at some point. Yeah, and uh, ESGs as well. We've been talking about that on this program, where they uh, they go back and look at your investment history, they go back and look at your social history, and they're like, "Yeah, we're we don't want to give you that mortgage for that house that you really want to buy because you're not our kind of people. You haven't invested enough in the and into the environment and or into LGBTQ rights or." Or what have you. It seems like we are headed for a bleak world where uh, buying and selling gets highly regulated. It seems like we read about that somewhere. Maybe you might need some kind of scripture to try to buy and sell, something like that. I don't know. You know, what would be horrible (laughs) is if some fancy rich billionaire uh, who is outspoken and wants to go to Mars wants to implant chips in your head and then... You just use your CBDCs through his uh, implanted chip. We call it a Euralink if we want. <laughs> it, I mean, we're kidding tongue-in-cheek here, but at the same time, these are all real things, are they not, Eric? They are, and I do think that there's there's real dangers. As, I, as I've said before, and you mentioned earlier, I, it's one of my great uh, kind of fears for our culture, for our society in the, in the near term is CBDCs, the rise of CBDCs. But like I was telling Adrian, I do think that there's hope in the sense that more and more people are building alternative economies. And that would be my recommendation to Catholics is really build communities because it's communities that are the basis of alternative economies because mm-hmm. there's trust involved. There's always trust involved whenever value is exchanged, that I, I trust that you, what you're giving me is worth something and you trust what I'm giving you is worth something and we can have that exchange. And so for a long time, we've trusted the Federal Reserve. We, we've trusted the government that this money is worth something. But I think as, as they go more into the, the woke ideology and things like that, I think that trust is broken. And so build communities. And, and you know, because, yes, we'll, we'll always be doing online shopping, things like that. But 
I think it's good if you have a community nearby where you can do a lot of this, especially food. That's the big one because you can grow some food wherever you are. You can you can uh, tr- trade it with others who do that. Uh, you can learn things in community. So I think that that would be my big recommendation is the the response to the rise of CBDCs and things like this would be to really – uh, engage in community, build a good Catholic community where where you have trusted people and mm-hmm. you can exchange goods. We're down to just about a minute now with Eric Sammons, editor-in-chief of Crisis Magazine, crisismagazine.com. 40 years you're celebrating now. Uh, you do, uh, talk about uh, taking donations uh, in crypto here. Uh, do you think the Bitcoin is going to go back up, bounce back up to the $40,000 plus markets at, and it's less than 16 right now. What do you see the future of uh, crypto? I do. I think I think a lot of, there's there's thousands of cryptocurrencies and I don't really have faith in about 99.9% of them because they're just somebody trying something and maybe one will hit or something like that. But I think Bitcoin's a little different. It stands out because it was the original and it has nobody really running it. There's no one person that if they went down, a lot of the cryptocurrencies if they, one person goes down, it goes down. That's what happened to FTT. Uh Bitcoin's not like that. I've always told people, and I don't give investment advice, make sure that's clear, but that Bitcoin over the long term uh, does go up in value. But it could be five years. You could buy it today, and it might not be worth more than you buy it for today in five years. So definitely don't look at it as some get-rich-quick scheme. All right. You heard it here. Eric Sammons, editor-in-chief, Crisis Magazine, crisismagazine.com. Thank you for your time. We're always so grateful to have you on. Thanks for having me, guys. God bless you, Eric. All right, that's going to do it for hour number one of Catholic Drive Time. If you can join us in the second hour, Brent Tain's going to be on. We're going to talk about Disney, what's going on with them, plus our game show, the after show, and so much more. Hang out with us online at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God bless you. God love you. We'll see you then. Catholic Radio was there for me when I needed it. Even though I didn't think I needed it, it was there for me. I want everybody to know that I'm giving, not so that I can sit there and say that I gave the GRN for any other reason but this. I want that radio station to be there for anyone else who needs it also. They may not think they need it, but it's going to be there for them, whether it's in the future, whether it's right now. I want that radio station to always be there for them, just like it was there for me. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. This is a Messy Family Minute with Mike and Alicia Hernan. Sometimes it can seem that our family life is humdrum, monotonous, and insignificant. But Christ began his public ministry at the wedding at Cana. When we read this account in the gospel, we're reminded that our marriage, our ordinary family life, is important to God. Our Lord and Our Lady love our families, and they are present with us. They desire to change what is ordinary into the extraordinary. The Lord can take our simple and everyday tasks and make them holy. Like the servants at the wedding at Cana, we need to notice when we run out of wine, when we run out of joy, when we run out of love. It is then that we turn to Our Lady and ask for her help. She can bring Christ into our lives, our ordinary water, and transform it into wine. And when we invite Christ into our lives to transform us, He creates the best wine of all. For more advice, ideas, and encouragement, visit us at MessyFamilyProject.org. 
Maidani, who was the first pope to whom Jesus said, You are the rock upon which I will build my church? St. Peter. And who is the current pope? Pope Francis. As parents, we're the primary educators of our Catholic faith to our children. And if you don't know your Catholic faith as well as you should, that's okay. Just tune in daily to the Guadalupe Radio Network by logging online to grnonline.com. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Listen, learn, love, and pass it on. Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Patrick from St. Vincent de Paul Catholic Church. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Crypto, I'm just curious. I'd love to know if you want to uh, comment directly. You can always do so on one of the live video streams. You can interact. You go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. You can find all the links. You can actually watch the show live right there. And you can find links to the live video feeds, and you can uh, comment. Let us know. By the way, uh, we do have a brand new coin we're launching. Well, we it's do. called CDT Coin. If no you'd like to kidding. buy into it, yeah, uh, you, could, uh, you don't need to mine it. It's, uh, it's it's a it's a token. It's uh, what's it worth? Yeah. Hmm. Yes. It's about twenty dollars a coin. Is that all? We'll send twenty bucks. Twenty bucks we'll send you a coin. coin. Yeah. Whoa. I'll tell you what, guys. It's fake news. I don't have believe them. Every single penny. Of my life savings, mm-hmm. all in mm-hmm. on Dogecoin. What? Mm-hmm. You're kidding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Dogecoin's mm-hmm. down 2.86% apparently right now. Yeah, to like negative 15 cents. Yeah. <laughs> what about so. Shiba coin? Shiba, Shiba, Shiba I, I have that at, uh, ooh, that's so infinitesimally small. I'm a, I can't even, I don't even know what number that is. It's just like, zero, 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 so zero, many zero, zeros zero, before zero, there's zero, a, zero, one. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty far down there. So that's it, pretty bad. It's you not know, even registering over the past year. It's like, uh, it's super crashed. Back in the day, I uh, <laughs> I did make a couple bucks off mm-hmm. of uh, the mm-hmm. former President Trump's uh, uh, social media uh uh, what are they called? platform? Uh, what is it? Truth Social. Truth Social. When yeah. it first launched, they opened it up, and uh, yeah. you could invest in it. I made a pretty penny there. Did you? <laughs> you retired now, or what's the deal? No, no. I lost it all. You lost it. I all. lost it all on some bad financial you advice. You took it on the chin. Well, a friend said, "Invest in this other thing," and I did, and I lost mm-hmm. all my money. Oh man! Great. Yeah, I actually mind. I, I, I'm so stingy with my money. And I that's hate investing why, in things that I. Yeah. That's why you only invest the money that you're willing and mm-hmm. able to lose. Right. Don't invest everything that you have. Like gambling. Yeah, well, <laughs> essentially, yes. I actually did mine uh, some Bitcoin. Really? With my computer at home. Uh, I thought, let's see. I just was experimenting and wanting to know about this whole thing. So I set my computer up to join a collective, a hive of other computers that were mining, and I got a cut of the deal. And I, did, I let it run for like a solid week. Just, uh, just I can't remember how. I think I, I ended up with like uh, seventy dollars worth of Bitcoin. Really? Just, you know, so not even a, not even close to a full coin. No. 
Because at the time, I think a coin was like forty-some thousand dollars. Wow! Oh. So it was like a fraction of a fraction of a fraction. <laughs> but I, I took that, and then I'm like, okay, what is what are these other coins? And I looked around, and and it, I did find it fascinating in the in the process to learn that some coins actually have like practical, real uses. Oh, right. right. They're not mm-hmm. just sort of Dogecoin like fancy, fanciful, fake, sort of fake stuff. Yeah. Uh, you know, the library uh, crypto is an example. It's it's you can exchange in it, but don't. It's pointless. Uh, but it's actually used as a decentralized method to replace YouTube as a mm. video distribution platform. And they just use the crypto like platform to make that, you know, decentralized. Yeah. So my biggest fascinating. thing with the whole thing about um I'm never going to encourage people, go put your money into cryptocurrency. My whole thing about it, though, whenever people start saying, like, oh, this is the worst thing ever, I'm like, is it really that different from the U.S. dollar? We're just printing money. The money's not backed by anything. The Fed gets to decide the value. The Fed gets to decide the value. Right. And the, the only difference, the main difference, and it is an important difference, the main difference is the U.S. currency is backed by the U.S. government. Meaning, like, if you what they say, but what not, they say, but not they have, gold. but they have the guns. Yeah, is what I mean. That's it's backed by U.S. Well, guns. Oh, that reminds me. Thanks for saying that because I meant to bring this up with Eric, and I and I didn't. One of the downsides to a CBDC, which is a centralized, it's not weed, digital currency. It's like the government's version of crypto, but they get to decide what its value is. They control it, as Eric made that made point to to say. Uh, if they want to lock you out of society, a click of a mouse, boom, you're out. It's that easy with a CBDC. But the other thing is that one of the downsides is right now the, the United States and other Western countries have the power of sanctions. So if we don't like Iran enriching uranium, which, by the way, they're at 90 percent right now, could have nuclear weapons or a dirty bomb, let's just say. Uh, if we didn't like that, well, we could heavily sanction them and try to get them back in line. It's a way to say, it's a punishment to say, listen, get in line. Stop with this crazy behavior of yours. With the rise of CBDCs, they no longer have that power. They will not be able to sanction other countries in the way we have traditionally sanctioned them because uh, of the way that the U.S. dollar is used on the global market to buy and sell energy, for instance. So our sanctioning power becomes drastically limited, which means... If you don't have the ability to peacefully punish uh, wayward countries, then guess what? You're going to get you're going to get war. So more war, more death, more destruction, more chaos, more division is going to be one of the the downsides of the rise of CBDC. So it's kind of a it's kind of a very serious topic on a many levels. Yeah, and I'm not a huge fan at all of libertarians. I think libertarianism is a bad thing ultimately because it's a uh, licentiousness over everything else but however the one thing that i do like about libertarians is this huge push by ron paul and other libertarians to get us back on the gold standard oh, yeah. because i think uh, the gold standard is at least the money is backed by something and mm. it's and it's a real thing whereas now i mean it's just so immoral just on a morality perspective not to mention the economic and practical perspective but from yeah. a moral perspective it's usury. It's destruction of our of your value. It's stealing from people yeah. by taking that away. All right. Well, speaking of morals, uh, let's talk about Disney. Let's transition to Disney here. Joining us now by phone is our good friend Brent Haynes, attorney, Catholic speaker, and a pro-life warrior. Good morning to you, Brent Haynes. 
Good morning, Joe. Uh, b- big story over the weekend. Disney fires its CEO, a guy who was uh, a mentored. Uh, Bob uh, Chapek was mentored by the former guy. And the former guy, Bob Iger, is back. So what's going on at Disney? Well, Disney uh, was riding high. They were high on their high horse just a while ago, weren't they, Joe? Trying to tell the people of Florida how their children should be educated, interfering with not the just Florida. governmental democratic. The whole world. Well, not just Florida, but they attacked what, just so, so the people uh, who, um, you know, have maybe had better things to do than follow this story mm. can be clued in. You know, Florida passed the uh, Parental Rights and Education Bill, which all it said was you basically can't have sex education for children in kindergarten through third grade. Duh. Of course, the progressive lobby, the same people who are behind drag show story hours for children, uh, they came out and called it the Don't Say Gay Bill. Uh, strangely enough, they attacked it as an attack on free speech. You know, there's the pot calling the kettle black. Mm. Um, but they came out, they attacked, and the woke employees at Disney provoked or prompted or encouraged their management, including the CEO, of course, to actually get involved in this debate. Now, Disney, of course, is an entertainment company. It's supposed to be the magic kingdom, right? right. It's supposed to be where families go. This is where families are supposed to take their children to see Mickey Mouse. Uh, and they got involved in this debate. Now, you know, this is the state of Florida, the people of Florida acting through their elected citizens, uh, through the legislative democratic process, enacting a law according to their judgment. And look, there are going to be a lot of laws that you and I disagree with, but the, uh, the legislature enacts their laws, and it's one thing if the individual employees object or if the company wants to object because it's a matter of corporate policy or something. But here, edu- uh, Disney really went after Ron DeSantis in the state of Florida. And so, as some people will recall, Ron DeSantis wasn't going to take this lane down. He's uh, you know, the governor of Florida. And Disney historically had a lot of tax breaks and financial incentives that they got from the government. And that's a whole other issue about mm. governments giving businesses tax breaks to attract jobs. Usually that's, that's the reason they do it. Um, so Disney took a hit on that. But the other thing that's happening here that's important for our listeners is there was just a general backlash among people. You, for example, have had uh, guests on your radio program, on this very radio program, talking about how woke some of Disney's programming is. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the kiss they have, uh, you know, between gay characters in shows for children. Um, their producers of their, their, their programs have bragged about how they can incorporate LGBTQ themes into their programs. And uh, people, this started to get traction. People started writing about it. And, you know, lo and behold, now, it's not just because conservatives and people who believe in traditional family values have been, you know, have been boycotting. It's not as if there was some massive boycott. This is a, a, this is a, a victory for, you know, effective social action through a boycott. Uh, but there is some of that. Combined with the economic downturn, combined with the uh, reaction by the state of Florida, which said, you're not going to shove us around, um, Disney stock uh, took a nosedive and went down 40%. Yeah. The stock market's been up and down a lot in the last couple of years. But overall, in the last year, you know, the stock market has been up, Joe, and yet Disney stock was down 40%. Huge. Even as the economy was reopening, and you would expect people to be traveling to Disney.
Right. And their uh, their their film, you know, empire is not fared as well either. Of course, the Buzz Lightyear film uh, flopped um, because of their, uh, you know, shoving it down everybody's throats, it's, which is a tragedy because you got a super high quality production with with good, talented actors and they have to go down this agenda path. Same thing with the Marvel what was that uh, Marvel film about the Greek gods? You know, the what was that called? Thor? Tr- no, the, the one that came out last year. Ragnarok? Marvel film about the Greek gods. I forget what it was called, but it too followed this sort of uh, woke agenda, and it too did not do well in the box office. And we're seeing this over and over again, but it's not just films. It's also sports, ESPN. We're seeing their commentators take on political opinions more than just sports opinions and, uh, of course, news. They uh, Disney owns, what is it, ABC? And we're seeing that as well. So it's they pretty much have their fingers in a lot of pies around the world. News, sports, entertainment, film, and more. And they have doubled, down, doubled and tripled down. Do you think that getting the old boss back, Bob Iger, are they going to reverse course? Are they going to go back to just trying to be entertainers and not... And not politicians. Well, you know that would be Eternals. ideal. Now, That's what the, it is. The, so, so far we've talked about that. We've talked about the good news that, that they've gotten rid of this guy who's just gone completely woke. You know, the bad news is that the guy they brought back, Bob Iger, he's the one where all of this started. It was under his watch. So either he allowed this to happen for years and years. Or he didn't care, you know, or he encouraged it or tolerate, you know, he either tolerated it or he encouraged it. So the question is, um, how, you know, how far is he going to rein in these people at Disney? You know, my prediction is that they will continue to be woke the way most other corporations are woke, but they will simply tone down the more provocative attention-getting aspects of it. Um, you know, maybe uh, they, they won't go out and just do an in-your-face to the parents of the of uh, children in Florida or to the governor and government of Florida, but it remains to be seen that if they're going to return to truly family-friendly programming, mm. yeah, maybe they re- you know maybe they reduce the you know the gay the the gay kisses in in their programming from three times a movie to one, you know. <laughs> That that's that'd be one too many for my that, family. That you know that that's that's the bad news is that Iger uh, is not a champion of traditional right. family values. Right, that's so exactly what know. I was and, thinking. And by the way, you mentioned the sports. I mean, Disney owns ESPN. Right, and we could do a we could do a whole story on ESPN and how reprehensible a sports network has been when it comes when it comes to uh, the free speech issue with their people. So. Um, their behavior has has just been uh, wide ranging, as mm-hmm. you mentioned. They have their fingers in everything. Yeah, but still, sure. look, let's take our victories where we can get them, Joe. Uh, this is a victory. You know, they they went too far. Now, hopefully, the the, the people who keep an eye on these things that really needs to be all of us. Uh, the price of liberty is eternal vigilance. But hopefully, the people who keep an eye on these things won't just chalk this up as a victory and then walk away. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh... Interesting to see. Maybe maybe money will speak the loudest message to that company, and they don't want to go broke, so maybe they'll turn around. We'll have to see. I guess that gives us the power as uh, those people who would consume their content to have a big difference in the decision-making process. 
So maybe we should continue to not support them in hopes that they'll actually get the message. I don't know. But we're just about out of time now with uh, Brent Haynes, our good friend. It's always good to have you on. We're very grateful to you. Thank you, Joe. I'm always glad to be on. All right. Praise be to God, Brent. We'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving to you, sir. And now it's time to have some fun. We did the serious stuff. Now it's time to have a laugh. We're going to play our game show, Fear and Trembling, and you could win prizes. Today and tomorrow is all that we're going to play. We're giving out the prize tomorrow. So if you want to increase your chance, call right now, 877-757-9424. Phone lines are open, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game right now at 877-757-9424. Why do Catholics call Mary the Queen of Heaven? Doesn't God rebuke the Israelites in the Old Testament for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven? Should we not refer to Mary with that title, therefore, since it's a title of a false god? In Jeremiah 7, verse 18, God is indeed upset with the Israelites for worshiping a false goddess called the Queen of Heaven. However, just because God rebuked them for worshiping the false Queen of Heaven doesn't mean that we cannot pay honor to the true Queen of Heaven, the Blessed Mother. That type of thinking would lead you to believe that just because people worship a false god that they call God, we therefore should not call the true God by that same name, God, because that's the same name the idolaters use for their God. That is faulty logic and it makes no sense whatsoever. Again, the fact that there is a false queen of heaven does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false goddess when we call Mary the queen of heaven. Just as the fact that there is a false God does not lead to the conclusion that we worship a false God when we call our Father in heaven God. And there is a true Queen of Heaven. We see this quite clearly in Revelation 12, verse 1. And a great portent appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a crown of 12 stars. Let's see. There's a woman. She's in heaven. And she has a crown on her head. I could be wrong, but I don't think that's the cleaning lady. No, it's the true Queen of Heaven, Mary, the mother of the male child who is to rule the nations. We do not worship Mary. We honor her just as Jesus honors her. So there is absolutely nothing wrong from a scriptural point of view in calling Mary the Queen of Heaven and in honoring her just as Jesus honors her. After all, if Jesus is the King, then Mary is truly the Queen Mother of Heaven. A beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. The Catholic trivia game show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show. On earth was Secrets and agendas <laughs> that you're not allowed to tell anybody, okay? Don't. Mm-mm, stop it. I can see you trying to tweet this right now. Don't do that. All right? Keep this between us. But number one, on the down low, we like to teach the faith. We look for teachable moments in the questions where you're going to learn something you didn't know before, praise be to God. And then, of course, uh, we like to have a laugh. We like to have a good chuckle, and uh, that makes this fun. We enjoy that most. Then we give out prizes. 
which means it's a winner for everyone because you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. Uh, at least uh, today and tomorrow, because after that, it's we're off for Thanksgiving. So uh, call back tomorrow if you don't get on today. But here's the kicker, the secret sauce on all of this. The real tricky part is we don't ask our caller the questions. So they don't need to know. They may not know a single correct answer. Could still win our game, because instead of asking them, I will ask Adrian and I will ask Rudy. One of them will give us a correct answer. The other will give us an incorrect answer. The caller will then have 15 seconds to make a decision. Whomst do they trust more? And then every correct answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Woo! This week we are going to be sponsoring the prize for you. CDT. Your very own CDT. Maybe Maybe we're going to give out some CDT coin. No. We're actually putting together a prize pack this week. And it's going to comprise of uh, all kinds Mm. of different little things that are going to improve your prayer life. So the winner is going to win that tomorrow. We're drawing it tomorrow. Just in case you missed it, we're not here on Thursday. We're not here on Friday. Mm-hmm. We're going to be off for Thanksgiving. So you have a lot of chances to win. One wow. might, if I have a chance of 33.33% chance of winning. Is that right? That's yeah. amazing. Huh. That's like a third. Mm-hmm. Well, it's amazing. Let's go to the phones. Good morning to you, Annabelle. Good morning. Praise be to God, Annabelle. How are you? I'm doing well. Thanks be to God. Where are you calling from? Frisco. Frisco, Texas. That's like the Dallas area. Is that, is that correct? Yeah, a little bit north. Nice, nice. Now, is it what, warm there? Yeah. What is what is Frisco best known for, Annabelle? Well, it's one of the fastest growing cities around here. So. Really? Yes. So don't move there, because who wants more neighbors, right? You got enough <laughs> already for crying out. Yeah, yeah. The secret is out. Traffic is horrendous. Don't come. Yeah, don't come. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken uh, like a prophet. All right, Annabelle, where do you go to church? St. Francis of Assisi. I know it well. I, it's been a long time since I've been there, uh, right across from the Gaylord Resort and uh, and the uh, the Great Wolf Lodge Inn. Oh, man. No, that's, that's in Grapevine. Oh, that's in Grapevine, this is yeah. a different St. Francis. Yeah. Fascinating. Yeah. I, well, I'm sorry to have crossed the streams there, but uh, St. Francis <laughs> in Frisco then, I guess. I, have not, I, don't think, I don't know that I've been to that one. If I have, I've totally forgotten. I guess I'll have to. But Annabelle, do you know? Do you understand the rules? Do you know how this game works? Yeah, pretty much everybody lies. Okay. Oh man, <laughs> the whole world Ouch. knows the game. Then, then you said, know everybody lies. Then I don't need to explain to you that I am your only friend in this process. Don't trust uh, Joe. He's the worst of the liars. Rudy is not even uh, wearing a tie, let alone a jacket. There's been uh, he's wearing some sort of uh, quilted gilet, quilted vested thing, and he's in Texas, not Colorado. So figure that one out. <laughs> and then Adrian is just sitting down over there. So who knows how this whole thing is going to go, Annabelle? But let <laughs> me see if we can't get through it together. Are you ready? I'm ready. We shall start with Rudy first, as is our custom. Rudy. Yes. I did not know there was such a thing, but nonetheless, could you tell me who? Waiting for the music. There we go. <laughs> who is the patron saint of Boy Scouts? Boy Scouts? Yes, sir. Well, mm-hmm. some might say. Some. A fellow named George. Really? Yeah. Huh. A guy named George. Just yeah. some random guy named George? Some random guy named George. 
You know, there's a legend about him slaying a dragon. But okay. I don't okay. know, man. You see any dragons around? Mm-hmm. I, no, I don't think they exist. So you're saying he's a saint. So St. George. Yeah, St. George. Okay. St. George, you're saying, is the patron saint of Boy Scouts. Interesting. Okay. Uh, Adrian, however, is clearly the world's foremost expert on scouting. It's and, true. And uh, at least that's what his Twitter profile seems to suggest. Good morning to you, Adrian. Yes, good morning to you. Could you tell me, who is the patron saint of Boy Scouts? Well, you know, I actually read an article about Boy Scouts once, though I've really? never actually been outside. That is almost, um, I think it's equivalent. Yeah, I basically have a PhD in Boy Scouts. You basically yeah. do. Uh, Eagle Scouts ain't got nothing on me. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is all. So the patron saint of Boy Scouts mm-hmm. is actually yeah. St. Longinus. What? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that because of uh, the Long John's Boy Scouts will have to wear in cold environments? No, no, no. I'm seeing a connection there. <laughs> it's, it has to do because in the Boy Scouts, uh-huh. you throw spears. I, I, uh-huh. Uh-huh. At least that's what I read in my article. So St. George didn't use spear? Uh, no, but he didn't throw them. I see. Yeah. Maybe he didn't yeah. need to throw it because he's man enough to stand his ground. Who knows? Something like that. All right, uh, Annabelle, you got options here. Who is the patron saint of Boy Scouts? Is it St. Longinus, as Adrian wants us to believe? Or is it St. George, as Rudy suggested? 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Annabelle and Frisco, what say you? Rudy is right. Wow, very confident. Yeah, my, son, my son is an Eagle Scout. Oh, hey. Hey. Man, what are the chances? No tricking you, Annabelle. Well, that was your perfect question for you then. Uh, congratulations. You I guess that's why they created the troops of St. George. Yeah. I guess that makes St. George. That yeah. and Boy Scouts, they have to have some guy with a sword involved. I mean, you can't just have any saint. They have to have swords. All right, St. George is correct. Let's go to the second question. Uh, this one's a little more tricky, I'm going to be honest. Adrian, can you tell me? Yes, I can. What term is used to denote the three persons of the Trinity being of one and the same substance and essence? Oh, that's easy, dude. Oh, okay. That's, that's Good. very straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's hypostatic. Hypo. Static, you mm-hmm. say? There's a spray for that, you know. I was going to say that. that. Yikes. Uh, okay, hypostatic. Hypostatic. Hmm, all right. Let's just see what Rudy says. Rudy, could you tell me what term is used to denote the three persons of the Holy Trinity being of one and the same substance and essence? I love the story of how this came to be. Oh, it's really? the difference of one letter. Really? I believe. Okay. Or pronunciation of mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. But it's consubstantial. Consubstantial is your answer for the substance and essence of the Holy Trinity. That's right. Consubstantial. Okay. Consubstantial. All right. Annabelle, I, uh, I assume you are a theologian, and you probably have this nailed, but uh, Rudy says consubstantial, whereas Adrian suggests hypostatic. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Annabelle, what say you? Oh my, I've never heard of this, so. But I think hypostatic, that's for Jesus, human nature and human divine, so. Oh Lord. What, what, what did Rudy say again? Uh, Consubstantial. Go with Rudy. Rudy, okay, Rudy. Oh! <laughs> she, she would have got it. Amazing! She, she, she got yeah. hypostatic correct. You did. You were, you were Hypostatic does refer to the the union of our Lord's uh, divinity and mm-hmm. humanity. Your hunch was correct, Annabelle. Congratulations. The correct answer is consubstantial. 
as uh, the term we use to denote the three persons of the Trinity being of one and the same substance and essence. Congratulations. All right, let's go to the third question. This could be the easiest question we've ever asked another human person on the, on the planet. Ever, ever, ever. I don't even know if we should We break the it. record every day, apparently. I mean, uh, but let's just go with it just for fun. Uh, Rudy, could you tell me, what are the three original languages of the Holy Bible? All right. So when these events were taking place, it was an ancient time. And that means you need ancient languages. Arabic, Egyptian, and Sanskrit. Really? Arabic? Egyptian and Sanskrit are your answers yeah. as the three original languages of the Bible. A hundred percent. Okay. Uh, Adrian. That's my name. I, I believe you once walked on the campus of a Catholic university, so you probably <laughs> know this answer. It happened once. Uh, what are the three original languages of the Bible, sir? Oh, yeah, that's easy. That would be Hebrew, Greek, and Aramaic. Interesting. Mm -hmm. All right, Annabelle, uh, I don't know if you're a biblical scholar or not, but are the three original languages Hebrew, Aramaic, and Greek, as Adrian is saying, or is it Egyptian, Arabic, and Sanskrit, as Rudy would like us to believe? 15 seconds on the clock. Who's right? Who's wrong? Annabelle, what say you? This time, Adrian is right. <laughs> just, just this time. I like how you said Don't worry, Annabelle. She's like, like going with Adrian, you're smarter Faster, stronger, uh -huh. younger, more, sure. more beautiful. Sure. All these things happen once sure. you go with Adrian. I like how you said it, Annabelle. Trust the science. Just this one time. Adrian, I didn't hear it that way. That's that not the way I heard it. Masterful. Perfect score, Annabelle. You're in the cup for three. You could win. Thanks for playing our game and having a laugh with us today. Thank you, guys. God Have bless fun. you, Annabelle. We're going to put you on hold. Don't go anywhere. That's going to do it for the. Radio side of our program, if you can join us in the after show, we would love to conversate with you directly. Do you dabble in the cryptos? What do you know? What don't you know? Let us know in the uh, chat box there. We're going to conversate with you directly. You get to decide the conversation. Guess what? Dr. Paul Kengor is live with us tomorrow morning again. Until then, God Thank love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. ...and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took this precious chalice in his holy and venerable hands. And once more, giving you thanks, he said the blessing.
and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. Mysterium Fidei Morten Tuam Annunciamus Domine Et Tuam Resurrexionem Confitemur Donec Venias Therefore, O Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of the Blessed Passion, the resurrection from the dead, and the glorious ascension into heaven of Christ, your Son, our Lord. We, your servants and your holy people, offer to your glorious majesty from the gifts that you have given us, this pure victim, this holy victim, this spotless victim, the holy bread of eternal life and the chalice of everlasting salvation. Be pleased to look upon these offerings with a serene and kindly countenance and to accept them as once you are pleased to accept the gifts of your servant Abel the just, the sacrifice of Abraham our father in faith, and the offering of your high priest Melchizedek, a holy sacrifice, a spotless victim. In humble prayer we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel to your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of your Son, may be filled with every grace and heavenly blessing. Remember also, Lord, your servants who have gone before us with the sign of faith and rest in the sleep of peace. Grant them, O Lord, we pray, and all who sleep in Christ, a place of refreshment, light, and peace. To us also, your servants who those sinners, Hope in your abundant mercies. Graciously grant some share and fellowship with your holy apostles and martyrs, with John the Baptist, Stephen, Matthias, Barnabas, Ignatius, Alexander, Marcellinus, Peter, Felicity, Perpetua, Agatha, Lucy, Agnes, Cecilia, Anastasia, and all your saints. Admit us, we beseech you, into their company, not weighing our merits, but granting us your pardon through Christ our Lord through whom you continue to make all these good things, O Lord. You sanctify them, fill them with life, bless them, and bestow them upon us. Per ipsum et cum ipso et in ipso, est tibi Deo Patri Omnipotenti, in unitate Spiritus Sancti, Omnis honor et gloria, per omnia secula seculorum.
Recepti salutaribus moniti, et divina institutione formati, audemus dicere. Propitius pacem in diebus nostris, ut ope misericordiae tui adiuti, et a peccatus imus semper liberi, et ab omni pertubatione securi, expectantes beatam spem, et adventum salvatoris nostri, Iesu Christi. Christe, quid existi apostolis tuis, pacem relinquo vobis, pacem meam do vobis, ne despicias peccata nostra, sed fidem ecclesiae tue, eam quae secundum voluntatem tuam, pacificari ad coadunare dinieris, qui vivis et regnas in secula seculorum. Pax Domini sit semper vobiscum. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. 
Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. The Lamb who is at the center of the throne will lead them to the springs of the waters of life. For those who cannot now receive Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament, we offer the following prayer. O Jesus, Thou hast given us in the Holy Eucharist Thy body and blood to be our spiritual nourishment through which we may have life everlasting. Would that I were able to receive thee this day in Holy Communion. I desire with all my heart to receive the living bread which comes down from heaven. O Lord, I am not worthy that thou shouldst enter under my roof. Say but the word, and my soul shall be healed. Let me taste at least the sweetness of a spiritual communion. Come to me, Jesus, my Lord, my Master, Come and refresh my soul. Strengthen me that in union with thee I may do perfectly the heavenly Father's will. Let me never be separated from thee by sin. Soul of Jesus, sanctify me. Body of Jesus, save me. Blood of Jesus, wash me. Water out of the side of Jesus, purify me. Passion of Jesus, comfort me. O good Jesus, hear me. Hide me within thy sacred wounds. O sacred heart of Jesus, receive me. O immaculate heart of Mary, plead for me and love me. Amen.
Let us pray. O God, who bestowed on blessed Cecilia a crown among the saints for her twofold triumph of virginity and martyrdom, grant, we pray, through the power of this sacrament, that bravely overcoming every evil, we may attain the glory of heaven through Christ our Lord. Dominus vobiscum. Benedicat vos omnipotens Deus, Pater et Filius et Spiritus Sanctus. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Behold the handmaid of the Lord. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners 
made flesh. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Pray for us, Holy Mother of God. Let us pray. Pour forth the peace of the Lord and grace into our hearts, that we as the only incarnation of Christ the Son, may the name of the Messenger of Angel, may our ascension cross the cross of glory and resurrection. Mother Angelica, answering the call. We have another call. Hello? Uh, yes, Mother. Where are you uh, from? I'm from Florida. Um, you talked about when you have health problems to offer them up to the Lord. Yeah. And I, I do that, but I don't know what I'm supposed to do after that. <laughs> <laughs> and I have another question. Also, I'm an alcoholic, mm. and... You had a show on last week that really touched me. I was able to quit drinking for two days, and I do attend Mass every day of the week, and I pray about this problem. I just don't know why I keep doing it. How how am I supposed to give it up? I've been to two treatment centers. Well, I, I think it's because you're not really sure God loves you. Or perhaps you're not sure if there is a heaven. He, if I'm sure there's a heaven, and you must be sure. He came, he lived, he died, he rose, and he said, I go to prepare a place for you. If it were not so, I would tell you. Jesus cannot lie. You're trapped by alcohol because you're either trying to escape something or maybe you, you, you've got, it's in your blood now, see, and it cries out. And maybe it makes you feel good, makes you have more confidence in yourself. But that's, that's all a lie. If you could stop, and you can, just give it to Jesus. I'm going to pray right now that you stop drinking. And it may be offered for other alcoholics that they, especially teenagers. Oh, my. We had a lot of teenage alcoholics. We go for feeling so much. And you've got to get dried out. You've got to stop. I'm going to pray for you right now, Lord Jesus. Put your hand on this woman, Lord. And take away that desire for alcohol. For it makes her displeasing to thee and makes her displeasing to herself. And, and Lord, she is a child of yours and you love her and you died for her. You came for her. You suffered for her, Lord. Let her know that. Let her desire heaven more than any cross on earth. No cross is too much for us to bear, Lord. When we see the glory that is coming, Give her true repentance and take away that desire. In the name of Jesus and Mary, amen. 
You know, I think when we say we offer something up, it means really that I'm going to give this to Jesus for some poor sinner, for the world, for priests, bishops, religious, those tempted to suicide. However, we want to do something else besides that. We say, Lord, I unite my pain to yours. I think alcoholics must in general feel exceptionally lonely. And, and I think that's what you need to offer to Jesus. You try to get away from yourself, from others, whatever. And Jesus always prayed, you know, he prayed, and you must pray. You must pray. We can't overcome any fault without the Lord. And go to Our Lady. Strengthen your will. You can do it. The very will that makes you drink can stop you drinking. Alcoholism is the only disease I know that's stopped by the will. You can't take a pill for it. You're stopped by the will. I shall not, I will not drink. For more about Mother Angelica, visit EWTNRC.com. This is Life Issues with Brad Mattis, president of Life Issues Institute. I've often seen God do beautiful things from the ashes of our lives. As part of our special week featuring adoption and foster care, I want to tell you about Marty Caldwell, who suffered seven miscarriages and failed fertility treatments. Out of these ashes, God helped Marty learn more about adoption, which opened doors to sharing tips with other prospective adoption couples. This led to hosting information nights for groups of couples navigating the adoption process. She founded the Lifetime Adoption Foundation, which enabled Marty to direct couples to ethical adoption agencies. Many are not. Lifetime shows women who've had abortions that an open adoption is a much better option for all involved. And birth mothers are offered practical assistance through delivery and beyond. Follow us on Twitter at Life Issues USA and stay informed, more informed than you've ever been. The destination for great Catholic audio programming is EWTN Podcast Central, featuring the best of EWTN radio, as well as faith-filled podcasts from our friends and affiliates across the nation, all in one place, all free. If it's central to the faith, you can find it on EWTN Podcast Central. It's like podcast heaven. Visit EWTN.com slash radio slash podcasts today. Cyber Monday, November 20th. The Prayer to St. Michael. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. 
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one, from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord, amen. Celebrating 2,000 years of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Father Ricardo Ariola from St. Bartholomew.